0: Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Broken Veteran Podcast with me, Mark Wallace, and my co host Stuart Davis. Alright, Stu? All
1: right, mate. What
0: have you been up to this week?
1: Work, 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 work. Ride a bike, work.
0: <laughs> oh, I did see that on a, on your Strava that you've been out first time in a long time. Yesterday, the first time it was six weeks. Yeah. I went for a run this morning as well. well. like outside. Yeah, like outside, yeah. Not even dreaming it, like proper running. Not even the McDonalds. No. Did a, I did a 5k this morning. 5K. Okay. Did you not um you not on my strava?
1: I do.
0: Okay. I don't think so. Yeah, I've I have not have
1: seen it. I definitely commented on that.
0: Seeing <laughs> what you're doing. McDonald's got a sale on. You lo- lost you <laughs> lost. <laughs> stole your burger? So, um a few little uh not corrections, thank yous, I think. Would be the correct word for this week, so uh, thanks to my mum for listening to my podcast, but not thank, thank you for picking it up. I swear too much. So,
1: oh, naughty boy being told off,
0: yeah. And she says, I say so too much as well, which i I've seen that as a manner, mannerism along with my er's as well. I see the er a lot. Also, also, here we go. So, oh, it's in my head now. Conflict and Carnage on Instagram, Cloven Brand, Conflict and Carnage Inc. Carnage. Do some Carnage. And Conflict carnage. and Carnage. They um, do some pretty cool T shirts and hats and that. Very ex military esque look about it. Pretty cool. Think I'm gonna think I'm gonna splash out. Think I'm gonna splash out because this week's a very important week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's birthday week. 50 again? 50. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 39 this week. 39. Say what? Yeah. I was speaking to someone and they said uh, 39's a good year, Forty's a good year, 41's the killer. Because no one cares anymore. <laughs> 41's like a big one, and then 40's like a big one, and then is like, nah. Nah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, You're old
0: now. Yeah. The next big one's 50. That's 10 years. So I don't think, um, I think I'll have a big 40. A big blowout. COVID 40. COVID 40. Well, I was, I was trying to push this one back a year, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't 40 next year, it be the year after. <laughs>
1: I'm just going to pause this
0: one. Yeah, just pause. This year's screwed, you know? <laughs> raccoon dogs and... <laughs> Did and... Uh, that? Raccoon dogs oh, and 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 hawks lifting sharks out of the sky. You know I mean it is literally Jabanji in it. Yeah. The world the world is, is gone um sorry mum, the world has gone tits up. And so Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've had a chat this week with two of my uh, former comrades in arms, two veterans. Stuart and Ashley, Ashley's a counsellor for Macclesfield. So what I'll do is we'll play that interview and hear what they have to say. And then we can talk about it. We can talk about it afterwards. So I was recording this in the car while we're picking, waiting to put my wife up from work. So in the middle, it does get a little bit glitchy because the signal goes, but bear with it. You, you get the gist of what they're talking about. So we'll listen to that and then we'll uh, crack on with the show.
3: Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks, mate. You? Welcome. Yeah,
0: good. Welcome to the Broken Veteran Podcast.
3: Hi, mate. You all right?
0: Yeah. So Ashley Stewart, welcome to the Broken Veteran Podcast. How are you both? I'm um, good, thanks, mate. Very good, cheers, pal.
3: Thanks for inviting me.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's um it's actually really good to uh to speak to you guys because obviously we were in the military together and we served together and we went overseas together and we and we don't as a group really get to uh get to meet up much. So um it is it is good to speak to to you guys, to, to you know to any of the guys. I, I obviously keep in touch with um closely with some of them. I live quite close to one of them who who, you know, are constantly see, but it's nice to uh to catch up with um through the guys that I don't see,
3: you know. Yeah, it's good to uh it's good to chat. Uh, we definitely need to meet up soon once these restrictions and it, it is safer to go out. I think uh priority is mass uh mass, mass gathering. Like we did that
0: last time in um in Manchester. Yeah, that was a good night. Yeah, it was. It was and um yeah, we I've got a funny story for that. I actually I probably do that as another podcast just the, the that whole going up there I, I obviously came up with Colin Bell and we, we but we stayed in the the dodgiest um with the dodgiest B&B in Salford I think. It made the jockey from Shameless look like a five-star, you know, five-star hotel. That's what that's
2: what it was what like. Right. Yeah. A... Well. Ne- next time, just stay at might... shoes. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure he'll find a sofa or, or a floor for us somewhere.
3: have uh, got.
0: So, yeah, go on.
3: Yeah, I've got a blow up bed that you can use.
0: That's it. You know the garden. Uh, well, yeah, a few few drinks and we'll end up in your hot tub. Yeah. You know? So uh, the reason I've got ashes on, guys, is obviously fantastic news you've you've raised uh a you know a, a large amount of money, so do you want to just tell us what that that money is for so twenty thousand pounds you've raised you want to just tell us what that what that money's for
2: yeah so it, well actually we've we've raised so far that twenty thousand is the the target um we've raised so far fifteen so okay five k to push but what what it is is um we're raising money towards a a proper memorial at the National Memorial Arboretum in Staffordshire. It's like, a, whether you've been there or you've seen it, it's like, a, it's an amazing place. You've got a, a huge, massive memorial there for everyone who's, uh, sacrificed their lives since, uh, World War Two, Um, and it's, it's just amazing. All the different regiments have got their own standalone memorials, all the, like arms and corps. have got them there. Um, what, what it was, I'll start from the beginning because it's probably easier. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. So, basically, um, it's two years ago now, wasn't it, Stu? Yeah. Um, me and were we were going to the um, Veterans Breakfast Club in Maxfield. That's where we live. And uh, Okay. one of the They the organised a trip to the National Memorial Arboretum. And we're like, yeah, that sounds good. we go along. I invited one of my mates and uh, she took his son, Bobby. And um, we got there. And then looking around the memorials and all the different, um, like, memorials to all different regiments and we were like, oh, well,
3: where's, where's the chess regiment? We were and, excited, and, weren't we, yeah. to actually see something from our old regiment because, like, the, the arboretum itself, it's a 150-acre it's a site um, and each regiment gets their own plot and all that sort of stuff and you build your own remor- memorials on there. So we were walking around and we were looking at some glorious ones. we? Yeah, really. yeah, it's amazing. Like the Paras, they've got this massive one. Um, and all the different regiments, like the Veterinary Corps, they've even got one for, for like the animals that have uh, been used in wars and that have passed away and everything. And we're walking around for all day. We yeah, all day yeah, yeah. And we've, we've seen, I think the only thing we've seen was a plaque on a tree uh, for the Cheshire Regiment and uh, a marble bench, that had been donated from the town of Winsford. Yeah, um,
2: it's nice, but it's not like com- in comparison to the actual fucking memorial to each Regiment. It's like it's kind of you know the feeling. You, you, obviously, you're there I'm there with a mate, and she was there with his son, and it's kind of embarrassing that like we we haven't got a memorial there. Like the Staffordshire's got them. our you know our rival uh, regiments in the Cheshire's. It's like Staffordshire there, uh, Sherwood Foresters, they've got their memorials, and we haven't got one. So it's kind of like we, we felt kind of like aggrieved and like, you know, you know, as you would, you know, we're passionate and, you know, we didn't see it. So we're like, well, we need to do something about this. So um, basically, we contacted the uh, Cheshire Regiment Association and we were asking them about their, like, the history of after they tried to, you know, raise money for a memorial in the past. And the uh, the chairman let us know, yeah, they have. Um, but in the past, when they've looked at it, they were looking at like a um, bronze statue or something similar, and they okay. and they were looking at like hundred thousand pounds. And the the kind of, they, they did try to raise money for it, but at the end of the day, they came to the you know the conclusion that um, it, it just wasn't a, you know hundred ten k wasn't really achievable uh, to raise the money for it. So they kind of just
3: uh, kiboshed it and, you know, just that was it. Um, that, that was also, um, the plan for that one is also was to go into the centre of Chester. Obviously, that's our, um, like HQ is Chester and everything, which is, yeah, we'd like, the, there is memorials in Chester already for the Chester Regiment, but the whole point of a memorial, I thought, was to go into the National Arboretum where every all the regiments and people are going there purposely to see these memorials and that's the whole point of it. So that's when we we decided that we'd take it upon ourselves and um we were gonna get a memorial set up and put into the Arboretum. Um so me and Ash we started the process really. So obviously
0: you went there, you went there for your, your day out and everyone was having a walk round and you thought Right, I can't wait. I can't wait to see the Cheshire yeah. one. It's gonna be, it's gonna be spot on. You know, it's gonna be giant acorns. Or um, and if anyone doesn't know, the Cheshire Regiment, it, it, its emblem is the acorn and oak leaves. You know, um, so and you and you went around all day, and all you found was a plaque on a tree, and and you felt bereaved by this. Like, you know, why? Who's who's paid for the other ones? Have the other regiments paid for them themselves? Have they all done fundraising? Yeah. Are you aware of?
3: So well, I. We we contact we, people we're speaking to at the arboretum have said like it, it it's all funded by their own regiment associations uh, yeah so they because all the regiment, uh, regimental associations are obviously charity um, uh, associations, so uh, you can fundraise for them um, so that's where we've we've started basically
0: okay so. I'm I'm obviously aware of this, you know. I'm not going to pretend I'm not because I've I've give to it as well. But um, so how, what what sort of fundraising have you been doing?
2: Right. So yeah. So all over. Well, me and me and Stuart. Well, we we're, we were going to do a uh, 22 mile march uh, with 22 kilograms um, from where we live in Maxfield to um, Sandbach, and um, that. We, we did actually plan to do it on the 22nd of March. So we're doing 22 miles with 22 kilograms on the 22nd of March. Of March. <laughs> um, but obviously, with COVID, that's kind of put a um, stop to s- it. Stop on that. But we're going to look to reschedule that. But in the meantime, we've still been raising money. We've got like a GoFundMe page set up on uh, through Facebook, and you can link through that. Um, but also, amazingly, like, to get out there saying we're raising money for the memorial, people have been out, you know, doing their own thing and um, doing like raffles and you know, cake bake sales and you know, all sorts and all adding to the pot themselves. So, like, um, the, the chairman of the t- uh, association keeps giving us updates on how much money we've got in the pot, and that's how okay, raising money. So, it's kind of everyone just helping, really. And because obviously, it's hard to do it, you know, just means sure yeah. to everyone get together yeah so these like these thousands of us all ex jeshers or you know
3: friends and family of you know all work together we get it we get it done because obviously we when we contacted the Arboretum, we had to then contact the Arboretum to get the the motion um in rolling and everything so we we had to uh, apply for a plot and um, an application we had to fill out and everything um but first of all, you had to' go and get. Um, permission from your association to use the Cheshire Regiment CAP badge and the name of the Cheshire Regiment. So we had to uh, put a design together um, and a plan of what we were aiming to do and go to the uh, annual Cheshire Regiment Association annual meeting um, and get it voted through by the by the board there. Uh, so me and Ash went down to Chester with the plan that we were looking at building, how much it was going to cost us, the time frame that we were looking at getting it done by. Um, and we, I think you, Ash spoke for about 20 minutes uh, about everything. And I don't think there was not one hand raised to back us. Um, everybody was very passionate. They wanted to help us. And as soon as we got that backing and it was in the, the uh, association newsletter, the donations and the floods, that the members that were joining the Facebook page went through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: cause- well, that's um, you know, it's it's brilliant that when you went to the association, everyone agreed that this is something that we need to do, and I, you know, I'm I'm passionate about it as well. It's definitely it's definitely something for for our regiment, and I think every regiment, you know, even the ones that have, you know, that they've like our regiment has been disbanded, it's now become one and but sort of kind of the other regiments like the Gloucester Regiment was a you know was a fine regiment uh, and stuff like that. So I think. I think this could lead the way for other regiments and other associations who haven't are aware of it to potentially sort of kind of pick up and and make the that you know the, that national war um, memorial bigger yeah. you know and and it's amazing and I've been online and I've looked at pictures and once the I think once the cheshire ones in there I'll I'll be taking my my son and daughter along so they can so they can see yeah. it um yeah um, and it, so yeah. what you know, you've said bake sales and um and, and, and
3: marches and stuff like that. Have you got anything else in the pipeline? Um well yeah, we've got um there was a bit of raised the twenty thousand pounds, but there's another um there was another fundraising going on at the time. Um by the twenty second bike Um they they'd had their own little fundraising that they were pushing out that made for uh, to put it in, uh, for um, Northern Ireland, and they contacted us a couple of months ago. Yeah, like we, we've, we've hit our target now. We're going to get our thing pushed through. Once that's done, then we're going to jump on, on this with you and help you push yours. And then yeah, so they've got um, they do bike rides and loads of uh, fundraisers. Um, obviously, me and Ash are going to uh push forward with this twenty two mile march. Uh I think we're looking mid-August, I think yeah. we said, didn't we? Um so we're gonna start pushing that through. And we're having trouble as well with the uh, GoFundMe page because you can only donate through PayPal. Is it okay? Um so you can't do it through cards and obviously a lot of people haven't got PayPal accounts. So I'm in the process of contacting them to see if there is other ways I can add different payment options um, so people can donate in different ways. If not, then I'm going to set up another um, fund, fundraising in uh, different ways. We, we, we're probably very close to the target if we have problems. Another thing I've got to get started which I'll do this week.
0: Yeah, well obviously um, send me the links and I'll link it all through my social media as well. I yeah. um, going do the the march because um I'll meet you at the end
3: <laughs>
1: yeah
0: <laughs> I'll meet you at the end to cele- celebrate you crossing the yeah. line um but it, uh, honestly guys um what what do you think it'll mean to um sort of other other members of the Cheshire regiment when they go there and see
2: what you know what what you've achieved well, i think it's not it's not just us it's ev- i think everyone involved and you know when when we do do it it will have a you know, an opening, we'll hopefully have an opening ceremony and just like invite everyone down and it'd be a great day out and everyone gets to see it. And, you know, it's something we can all share together. And, you know, it's just that, to me, it's just, you know, remembering the sacrifice that's been made by our brothers in the, in the regiment. And, you know, um you know, it's it's something to be, you know, proud, proud of, yeah, and remember. No, I
0: honestly, guys, I think it's it's absolutely amazing what what you're doing, um, and I'll push it as much as I can through you know all my sort of social media means and stuff like that. Um, thanks both for coming on the uh, the Broken Veteran podcast. You're my, actually my first guests on here, um, and it, it's obviously for a worthy cause. You know, it's it's my, my regiment as as well, um, and and I hope that we you know you get that to that target as quickly as possible. We get that in there so everyone can sort of kinda of go there and once this COVID stuff's over yeah, and, no and sort of see 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 this. So guys, thanks very much for coming on. Um oh curveball, I'm gonna throw a curveball in the end. It has been announced today that they're potentially cutting the army well, by twenty five. It's,
2: it's what, what, what are your thoughts no, on yeah, that? Even more. It's like you know, I think the numbers last time were like sixty eight thousand something. And need what Yeah. 35. Yeah,
3: I think that's a joke. To, <laughs> what, what, what can we do they want now? to go down to fifty-five? I think that's what they're looking at. They're going to be a sitting duck. Personally, I think exactly. Are, you know, we're, we're no longer a world threat. Don't um, don't get me on yeah. politics,
2: mate. No. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, for me, it's it's the losing of more um, regiments. I, I think you that's know.
2: A joke. Would be it would aircraft, be a sad thing. your aircraft carriers, you can't put bloody planes
0: on them, lads and women. Okay. Yeah, I um, yeah, that. Well, I'll probably carry on that that top, that subject um, as these defence cuts go through. But guys, again, thank you so so much yeah. for coming we'll- on. Uh, and I hope we, you know, I get to speak get to you soon down. and we meet up, up soon as well you and Carl come down yeah
3: Not from... well, thanks mate
0: yeah we will do mate we will do so that was councillor Ashley Farrell and Stuart um, Harrison H we used to call him while he was in the army mm. like most people they call H if their name starts with a H, like um, the Welsh lads, it's die this and die that, and then usually followed by two numbers yep. referring to their their regimental number. And you were die sixty, die sixty.
1: That was a was there a die
0: sixty-nine?
1: No, that's
0: a bit of a that would be a bit of a ledge one, wouldn't it? <laughs> die die sixty-nine. You know, you know that I go to the most boringest person. In the in the red one, well, Dice sixty nine. Where does he work? Oh, he looks as like the post clerk or something. You know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be cool. It wouldn't be cool. Yeah. So yeah, they're obviously raising money for the Arbuton uh, Memorial for the Cheshire Regiment. They're, they're on fifteen thousand, another five to go. So you know, the best of luck to them. I'll link the Facebook page and they Just Give. In the comments on Facebook, on on Instagram, and probably LinkedIn as well. So I'll, I'll put them on there. So anyone wants to give, there's, I'm looking forward to go and visiting there. There's some, you know, cracking monuments and and, and stuff that I want to see. There's people that I've lost, and I know their names will be there, and and, and I want to I want to see them, and I might take you know my little lad on my or take my little lad and my daughter so they can. So they can see it. So when whenever it's reopened after this COVID stuff, and the Cheshire one is is up, then I'll be taking taking a visit there. It's in Stafford. You can you can Google it. Um, the National Memorial Arbitum. I'm glad I said that right because I was struggling to say Arbiterin, Arbitum. As you, as I mentioned there at the end of that conversation with um, Stuart and Ashley. The army are... Well, it's a rumour, I think, at the moment. I've only seen it in The Telegraph and The Sun. So I haven't seen it in any other papers. But the army are planning to slash the numbers by 20,000. The Sun, which I hate reading, but if it's got an article about... It must be true. Yeah, I hate reading. I hate reading The Mirror as well. Piers Morgan ruined that paper for me when he was uh, when he was in charge of that. The... But if there's a story that needs to needs to be told, needs to be out there, then I'll I'll have a I'll have a delve. But they're basically saying that potentially they get rid of airfields, which will get rid of the helicopters, some artillery, some engineers, and landing craft. So, I've worked, I've worked with all of them. Uh, at some at some point when I was in the army, uh, they all do a great. The engineers are amazing lads, you know. The uh, the stuff that they put together, especially in in, a, in a, you know, when we were in Iraq, and the, the the walls they put around the camps and stuff like that, all the uh, HESCO basing HESCO basing. I'm not sure I'm saying that right. HESCO, all the HESCO that was round, massive sandbags that obviously protected us. Uh, I even went up in a helicopter with the Army Air Corps when we were out in Jordan. They uh, we let them fire the law 94 which is a fully the non-military there the law 94 is a shoulder mounted anti-tank weapon which you know I think there are about seven grand to fire at each time and we had a I think we had a 10 of them to get off so the the deal was we let you fire one of these you let us fly a helicopter so he did fair play to him we, we he took it up he said put your hand on the head you've got the controls and he let us, he let us take it around for a bit. So that yeah, was, that was pretty cool. Sick. It was, um, it was very top gun. I felt very Maverick, you know, in a, in a gazelle, <laughs> cause that's what it was. It was a gazelle helicopter. If you're not sure what that is, it's the most, probably the most uncoolest of the, of the army helicopter range, but it was, it was good to do. You know, it's an experience that, that not many, many people get to get. Not many people get to go up in helicopters, and I know, I did that god hundreds of times I couldn't even yeah. count how many times load I a few Northern Ireland Iraq Cyprus uh, where else uh, Falklands <laughs> Falklands was good because you um, you get flying around you fly around the Chinook a lot hmm. and they'll always sit someone on the back door so I got to experience that you know flying around but you Feet dangling. Yeah. you do any of that stuff?
1: In a gear yeah, for my birthday. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <A> special treats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it oh, was cool. When you were in when you were in N. I or anywhere, did you ever have any first time flyers and they let the pilot know? Yeah. Yeah. I was one of them on an Island. <laughs> where the you so what happens is you're the new the new guy, you, you you either join your regiment, or uh, it's your birthday, or it's the first time you've been up in a helicopter. And what they'll do is, they will have like you have like if you can't speak to each other in a helicopter unless you've got a headset on, and it's usually just the commanders that get the headset and get to speak to the pilot. And sometimes you don't even get that if they know exactly where they're going or you're heading back to a camp, they they know they're picking you up. You you know where you're going. So you have like flashcards, which are just luminous. Cards that you can you can write on. So they usually write on there, someone's birthday, first time, first time flyer, and the the pilots will will give it beans on the way back to try and make that person you know puke, <laughs> which is always fun because they really do give it beans, especially the navy pilots, the RAF pilots, not so much. They're a little bit too. What's the word? Professional. Yeah, that's probably it, actually. They're a little bit too professional. Especially whenever you were on patrol in Northern Ireland and it got to like half seven and it was time for a pickup, you'd always find that the the Navy boys would come no matter what. No matter what the weather was like, you know, there'd be a Navy helicopter seeking whatever, Wessex. Wessex. You know, dropping out the sky to pick you up. But the RAF, lads, not so much. Not so much. Coronation Street's on, you know. EastEnders after that after they walk back into camp which never really excited us much no so we we'll I'll be gutted if they do reduce the numbers I'll be absolutely it's I think when I joined it was about 120,000 the army was 120,000 strong. I don't know what strength it's now I think it's around 74,000 and they want to drop it another 20 and they're going to drop it down to probably 55 is that even an army anymore no yeah. They, they already like American, are they with like more of a reserve? Yeah, they've they've obviously got there is there is a big reserve at the moment, but obviously my concern was for the for the for the regiments, the infantry regiments. They've already they already slaughtered a load of them. You know, regimental names like the, like my regiment has been going for um, since sixteen eighty nine right up to two thousand and seven. And then they, they changed the name of it. So although that regimental history isn't lost because you know I'll keep on talking about it. But eventually, the, the last of the you know the last of the guys that were in the Cheshire Regiment would die out, and then his, you know, like history sort of you know lost. Yeah. The, the, the the Gloucester Regiment that was disbanded just before I joined was a you know a fine county regiment, and they would become the you know the RGBWs. And and you know, the history was kind of lost. And now the RGBWs have become the rifles. rifles yeah. So it's, they're taking, a, you know, you talk about ripping down monuments about history. These are the sort of things that we should be building monuments about. These, these you know, line, infantry, light roll, you know, infantry regiments that have been around for year hundreds of years, fought all over the world, campaigns, you know we're at the you know we're at the Battle of Somme. We're in at World War Two, and and their histories are just being lost for you know for money. You know, just, oh, we need to save just, a couple of you know a couple of quid here, a couple of quid there. It's just it's just bullshit to be honest. Absolute bullshit. So here we go. Here's another one. <laughs> Stew. I've had a few messages this week. Saying, who's this, who's this Stuart Davis character thinking he can just come on the Broken Veteran podcast, (laughs) just gegsy his way in. So, let's talk about you. Yay. Let's talk about why you joined the army. When did you, when when did you join? I think it was 2000,
1: I got it. End of 99, 2000, yeah.
0: And was it, was it something that you always wanted to do? It was like, I always wanted, like, I always wanted to be in the army. Ever since I, I grew up in Northern Ireland, ever since I saw seeing soldiers on the street, helicopters in the sky, boom, that was for me. I wanted to be a soldier, you know? And I and I grew up as a Catholic where being a soldier was not the in, was not the in thing in Northern Ireland. Yeah. No. And, and still isn't, you know? So what, what made you join then? I don't
1: know. It just got to a point, it was just going nowhere. My brother was already in. And as you can imagine, my parents are like, proud as punch. And I was sort of like, dead-end job, going nowhere. and Got real bored. What were you doing? Um, What was I doing then? I started off in, well, when I left school, I worked in a company called UBG. I was doing an apprenticeship there, which was going well. And then that went bang. And ended up on, well, nothing really. I got a job in a, a factory making sofas, which was just crap, and sort of just going round and round and seeing what my brother was doing, and I thought, well, I'll have a crack at that.
0: He had money, didn't he? Is that what it was? He was coming home uh, with a few quid in his pocket? No, yeah, I suppose
1: he had a bit. Uh, you know, people obviously, like my parents, talk about it, and this, that, and the other, and sort of like... Just going nowhere, wasn't it? So,
0: well, one brother. brother's doing well. The other brothers. I fancy a crack at that. Yeah.
1: I wonder if I could do it. And yeah.
0: You hey, just it. wandered into a careers office then and said, "You know." Pretty much.
1: Yeah. Wandered in. Job done.
0: Where did you do um, your training? Where was your depot? Litchfield and Cadrick. Okay, same, same oh, as me. Yeah. What platoon were you in, Litchfield? Uh, Litchfield.
1: I think it was no. Can't remember phase one or two. One of them, we was in Rhine, I was in Rhine Platoon, and um, that's normally for Paras. Okay. Yeah, so you can imagine they hated us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I can remember actually when I was travelling up on the the day, you know, the day you go up there, and there was a guy I'd done my Oath of Allegiance with in the the careers office, and he was going in the (laughs) Paras, and I was going in, you know, I was going in the Cheshire Regiment, and... We travelled up on the train together, and it was like we were mates, you know. We had a brew. Let's, you know, gotta say at the start. And within probably two weeks, he wouldn't speak to me because crap out because I was a crap art and he was joining the parachute <laughs> regiment. So there's a, there was rival, you know, rivalry straight away. Yeah. Um, and they were there. Obviously, the medics was it? The medics and the veterinary corps were they there? Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. Uh, I went through Litchfield in uh, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. yeah, it'd have been 2000, I think. Did you sail straight through Litchfield and Catrick? Did you uh, have any injuries or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I got injured in. Oh, God, I can't even think now. One of them uh, was on Final X. I split my knee up doing a pace fire maneuver. And um, lucky enough, I passed it. I got to the end before I realised that I trashed my leg. And then I got binned out. Um lucky enough but didn't back squad me because I passed the last test. So I was like, hmm. got to set up the last week of exercise were pretty cushy, Like, That was cool. But um, we didn't pass out on uh, phase one either, I think, due to the foot and mouth that was.
0: You didn't have a passing out parade? No, not really. Just real like just all on
1: all on camping. It was just basic, like, you know. She oh, so you didn't you couldn't go out on the field or anything like that? No. What? None was that. that phase one or phase two? That was phase one, I think. And phase two was the one where I had done my leg, I think, because pretty much I got back to camp. We only had weeks left, and they just sent me home and just said, "Join up with your battalion when you're ready," like, or when they call up, like.
0: What was your What was your first day like in battalion? Oh, it was insane! Insane. <laughs> yeah, I mine. Complete culture shock.
1: Even though, like, training was a massive culture shock as well
0: yeah 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 you because you, you have this feeling when you pass out that you're a soldier, yeah that this is it. it doesn't get any any harder than this. I've been through it all yeah. i'm a I'm a dude now, you know what I mean, <laughs> give me my rifle, I'll take on the world, and then you walk through the gates to your, your new battalion and, and I went to Chepstow, that was where my battalion were where they go 2-0. Uh, yeah,
1: sounds a shit hole camp. It's still there now. I drive past it a few times and it's just like wow And like right opposite the camp used to be a pub, the Stormy Petrol, I think it was called. And even that's been bulldozed down as flat. It's not yeah. even there now. And it's like there was nothing there then. Yeah.
0: No it's yeah. less. The the uh, I I'd nine people from my platoon, or we all we all arrived on the same the same day. Hmm. The guard two I see was a, a great guy and a, oh. I you know, I ended up getting on really well with him. You know, once I'd been in the battalion a while, a guy called mm-hmm. Pete McBride. He was, you know, he, you know, he's legendary within the sort of regiment. You know, and he was crazy then. And the, and I know that the, the the Cheshire lads listening to this will know who he is. You know, it's just straight away. But oh, everything everyone told me
1: um,
0: when when I was you know with, in the guard room. Down in at the, the battalion HQ, you don't want to go to B company. That's you know, <laughs> any company but B company. And out the nine of us lined up, uh, first guy A company, I was second B company, and then the rest went to C company. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. what have I what have I let myself you know in for here? But there's always that one guy who sort of. Or a couple of guys to sort of take you under their wing and and stuff like that. And for me, it was just two days before Christmas leave. <laughs> so the very night I arrived, they were having their company Christmas do, which is basically just a mass piss up of the company. Well, and I obviously cool. got invited over, and and people were just staring at me up to say, "You should you shouldn't be in here because we don't know you." Yeah. <laughs> and then a couple of corporals were running around the, the block that night with fire hoses. No, you know, soaking everyone. And I was like, oh, wow, this is... Insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the sergeant was like, well, we're going to Kenya. We're going to Kenya in three weeks. So here's your, your jungle kit. Here's your boots. Make sure you've got this packing list in two days. You give me a list of, a packing list with everything on. I'll come and inspect you in two days. And if you don't have that, you're not going to leave. Result. So... Got straight on the phone to my mum, and I? <laughs> Said you need to go buy me all this. I think it was like two hundred and fifty quid. Later, she she rocked up a camp of all the. I'm all the like a, Oh, it's Jepster, I
1: suppose. Yeah,
0: it was only Cheshire. It's only forty yeah, minutes away. Yeah. So, what did you go? Did you go straight into a rifle company? Yeah, straight into Alphas. Yeah, one
1: platoon Alphas.
0: Yeah, I um uh, I finished up in in one platoon eight company and up uh, just before I left. That's why I ended up. Yeah, then about a year.
1: Maybe a little bit more rifle company. Then they tried um, uh, like a patrols platoon, they started to make. I didn't yeah, enjoy that any. until they got dropped from that. And I was supposed to go back to Alphas. <laughs> they didn't want me either. And then I had the chance for a support company. And then ended up in Milan, where I served out the, the rest like anti tank.
0: Yeah. So for the sort of non military people that listen to this each battalion is made up of, of companies um three rifle companies one support company and a hq company every now and get, every now and again support company may become the company if they're just doing a rifle uh a, you know a light roll and there's, there's no requirements for the, the support elements some we we got made into an ice star company once where we had an armored recce platoon a light roll record platoon, and a sniper platoon that was cracking time i was armored recce you know i was a gunner in a in a saber so it was a new weapon system and you know a new experience and although i'd spent sort of two years with b company i spent most of my time when i was in battalion in in the recce platoon which i loved and then i finished out my last sort of 18 months in a in a rifle company so within each company you have platoons and then in the support company you have specialized platoons and these are more the senior, the senior people in, in, in the battalion. Yeah. Sometimes you'll get a, an influx or, and then, you know, they'll throw them over to support company, but it's, it is like throwing, throwing them to the wolves, like a new guy arriving and, and ending up in a, you know, and and the, the platoons are usually recce, an anti-tank platoon and a mortars platoon. Sometimes you'll have a drum drums platoon or a machine gun platoon attached as well, and they they've usually done about two years in battalion as a private soldier before you go over there. they corp- the the cor- full the lance corporals, full corporals, and sergeants have usually sort of done their careers or will be in them platoons unless they sort of decided that they want to go back to a rifle company and, and pursue their career that way. So they it's a very close knit more of a adult, you, you're more treated like an adult. I feel, when you're in, well, a sport in company, a, yeah. yeah, in sport company, it was immense, that was my calling, like, Th- there isn't as many, like, you
1: didn't sort of settle, I don't know, in a uh, rifle company, it's alright, it's good, but it's, I don't know, it wasn't right, same with the, uh, the patrols platoon, it just, it wasn't my thing, and, I don't know, it was an anti-tank, <laughs> yeah, tank. it was, He was, the, I think it was the need to prove, and, you know, he sort of like, have to belong there like yeah just didn't but anti-tank just seemed to be my place like yeah
0: so so recce sort of kind of is self-explanatory they they recce stuff Mm -hmm. and mortars is kind of sort of explanatory they mortar stuff Mm -hmm. but anti-tanks is is a little bit just take out tanks mate yeah 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 well yeah i was gonna say you basically you go (laughs) looking for tanks to blow up you snipe a tank pretty nice <laughs> yeah that's that's the aim of the game and although there's not a great need for sniper in tanks at the moment yeah it's worth it's worth having that that platoon no, the, the funnier thing was is like now it's been
1: well it's just gone it. just well, milan I was in that doesn't exist anymore it's just yeah so, so milan
0: is the the weco- weapon system that they yeah
1: that they used now it's javelin which I have no idea but it is awesome you see it. It's
0: just, I've watched videos on YouTube. Yeah, a, it's cool but to get fired.
1: that like yeah. they didn't get to go that. But yeah, Milan was just Well, it was dated then. Did you um did you get to fire one? Yeah, yeah. You get to fire How one. much is how much is one? I don't know, I think it was about fourteen grand a missile or something like that.
0: Yeah. No, they're not cheap, are they? No. They don't let many people fire them. No, you when you do the course, uh,
1: the card or whatever they you know, Carter course. Um it's basically you'll have like a set amount of you might have like four you might have two you might even have one so it's like you have to be at the top to sort of like secure your place to fire one way so the lower you are down the less chance you got to fire in one but you do like simulations and stuff like that you
0: got all that and it's all right I'm obviously um, I'm good friends with people for, that were in that in fact um, Stuart and Ashley who were, who were on earlier on the podcast they they were both. Anti-tank platoon, yeah. our, our friend, Colin, who Colin. I'm sure at some point will make an appearance on this podcast, he, yeah. Yeah, Colin Bell, he, he was, he was originally recce, but like, like you with patrols, <laughs> it some, it's out. not some people's calling recce, <laughs> it has its uniqueness. So there was, there was once, and I only, I work I worked with the guys as we were in the same company and we go on the piss together. But I only actually did the 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 role of anti tank once, and, and it was before we were going out to Canada, and we were getting a new platoon commander. So the old ones going out, the new ones coming in. He needs to he needs to get to know the tanks. We were armoured recce at the time, so they said to me, "Hop out of of your tank. Let you know the new the new boss. He's going to ride in the gunner seat for this." I mean, we were on an exercise, we we're on a, on a Tez-X. and I was like, "Well, where am where am I going?" And, and the anti tank guys were like, "Oh, come with us! You know, I mean? <laughs> we're we're going to shoot them." <laughs> you know, so I ended up going with with the anti tank platoon with Saxon at the time. That's how we were getting about in Saxons. Um, Saxons are like an armored personnel. Well, I say armored. <laughs> you know I mean about as armored as a tea bag? You know, that's how armored they were. And we set up a, a post, that's what it's called, and we waited for the, you know, the recce, the recce lads to to come. Yeah. And of course, I sort of knew the tactics. I knew how how they were going to move, you know, in their pairs, you know, fire and move, pepper pop, put forward. So we knew exactly where to set up, exactly where to place. Um, but as we were doing it, we, we, you know, we heard, we heard them on the sort of other side of the woods. So, Grabbed our rifles and we ran out and we took the vehicle from them. (laughs) And it was my boss at the time who was less than impressed that I'd helped the the anti-tank platoon take a wrecking vehicle. Ditched. (laughs) Bad dude. Shouldn't have have (laughs) took me out of a gunner's seat. No. That's my seat. So where did you you deploy then? Obviously, we were in Iraq at the same time. You were in the south south area yeah I was in Basra on the same exercise we didn't know each other then no you knew some of the Cheshire lads because you'd done some building was training was again
1: the Cheshire lads is like I posted out of Canada after Iraq and met a few of your boys um, yeah but like well that Tez i I'm pretty sure was the one where I met like a new call before yeah I'm sure you come over to our hut once <laughs>
0: We were in West End Camp. Yeah, yeah, where you where you do all the build. I'm up fairly sure he was there. Call it come over. Doing like. the doing the build up training and yeah, we worked with the. I don't think we worked with the Welsh Fusiliers, reci but we certainly the PWRR who were the other. Yeah. We were one mech brigade. I'm sure we were one mech, weren't we? Yeah, we were. Um, and there was always the PWRR and the Welsh Fusiliers. They were armoured, actually. The PWRR they had warrior. Yeah. And we were both in sort of mechanized stroke, light role. very, very light, very light <laughs> role. Um And we we did the sort of exercises together on the on the sort of build up to going out there. You obviously did you you did Northern Ireland.
1: Yeah. Louis. I don't
0: think any I don't think any soldier who, regardless of even if you were infantry or not, no, did not do the Northern Ireland tour.
1: Well, I was in when I first got in rifle company. Uh, yeah, it's about a year, I think, maybe, and I uh, put in for a posting um, with the RGBW, funny enough, in Ballykindler And I got that, and that was six months out. Like. That was a good crack, got a bunch of boys. And then, um, yeah, that was over Christmas. That was Well, I was stagging on New Year's Eve in the Super Sanger. <laughs> Midnight in the Sanger.
0: Yeah. It was a day, sir. But that's what they say. That's what they say. (laughs) When that super song is swaying in the wind, is isn't the days.
1: It was. He was howling with rain. Just Yeah. My phone going off then, like midnight, Happy New Year, and you just sat there, just looking out the window.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think the worst, the worst New Year I had was in the Falklands. I think that was the, well, it was a bad Christmas, but it was even, you know, it was a bad New Year as well. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, they're... You, I don't think people realise that while they're sitting down to eat their Christmas dinner, there is someone staggering on somewhere.
1: And <laughs> it's the worst. Yes. It? It's so boring. Like. Especially knowing everyone's out there having a great time. Like. And you're sat on your own in the Super when Well, when
0: we were in Northern Ireland, usually these sangers overlooked the town and you'd see everyone on the piss. You see
1: all the fireworks going off. Yeah.
0: Yeah. was a great time. You obviously mentioned Canada as well. Yeah. Great time.
1: Yeah, we've done the exercise out there. That was all right. It was good fun. Um, and then when we come back from Iraq, like um, what was that two thousand four, I put in for a posting, seen it. But yeah, I fancy a bit of that. It was good the, the time we were before. I managed to get on. Yeah, a six month posting or their safety staff just driving safety staff around the range across on. the prairie. Yeah, it's great, great, great crack. Right? did you um, did you do Belize or Kenya or anywhere like that? I've done Kenya. Yeah. Uh what was that? Six weeks, wasn't it? Archers roast. Yeah, yeah, that was hard.
0: There, wasn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That that was my seventeen. Been in battalion three weeks. Um, the the newest person, or the crow, on in the in the platoon, four platoon and B company, straight out there. And I'd been given sort of a few briefs about not lifting rocks and beware of snakes and scorpions <laughs> and stuff like that. And we, we drove out to um Umpala Farm. Umpala and the tailgate of the, the truck, the Fortunner, hadn't stopped bouncing before they were off looking for and things under rocks. Scorpions. Scorpions, snakes, spiders, anything you know. It was like, these these guys are uh, Mental. nuts. <laughs> you know? And then we were swimming in the river. And there was a big sign saying we were crocodiles. And one morning we woke up and there was a dead antelope in there. Yeah, there get was the hyenas around the camp. Hyenas, lions. Like, remember, we were on, we were on patrol. There's a, there's a couple of few there's a couple of stories from Kenya, and I, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna ask a guy to come on and tell us one this one specific story. So I won't go into it. But there was another one where I was on patrol, obviously i had been given the LSW because I was the newest, the newest guy. So the LSW, for anyone know was the light support weapon. Is is at the time was the heaviest weapon you'd carry in a section, or and it would always be given to crow you know, cannon. All the or all, yeah, or the crow cannon, as it was more commonly known, the long stupid weapon, you know. And we were on patrol, and the platoon sergeant had decided to come with us on this patrol. And it was just a night nap. It was something simple. Now, the platoon sergeant and the section commander had all been given sort of five rounds each in case they get, you know, when a wild animal comes along, you can pop five rounds into them or, you know, try and scare them off. We were given blanks, just scare them. And not sure a lion would take too kindly to being no. shot out with blanks because no. nothing would happen. But anyway, we're, we're, it's middle, dark, you know, midnight, one in the morning. Amazing stars. The stars were amazing. That's what I can remember. But we were walking along and it the sergeant said, Stop, 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 stop. Get, get, get in, get in, get in this bush. So we all we all got in this bush and literally in front of us this elephant sort of walks across. <laughs> then another one and then this sort of smaller like baby elephant. Anyway, it must have centered that we were there or we were rustling about too much. Anyway, this elephant makes a Wah! massive noise. And we absolutely leg it. Just back down the path that we came. Just leg everyone, every man for himself. (laughs) Now I'm just come out of training. By far the youngest. And the fittest. So I left everyone. (laughs) Gets behind a tree. Now, if you think about that area, there was no trees that could stop an elephant. They were tiny. They were just, well they were just bushes essentially. And... Was petrified, absolutely petrified, uh, until you know someone put their hand on my shoulder, shirt myself, and said, "We're over here, we're over here." So that was that was one of the stories from Kenya where we got chased by an elephant. Nice. So what what made you sort of sign off then, come out, decided you know that was the end? I don't know.
1: I think about it all the time, it was just, just there. I was going to get out after four years anyway, but then... Where were you based at the time? Aldershot, Shot. Which um, is not... A...
0: Oh,
1: it was great. Um, Did you like Aldershot? Oh, or? it was amazing. Okay. Single Man Rooms, it was awesome. But um I don't know, I it sort of signed on, stayed in to go to Iraq. And then done that. And I wasn't, you know, it was like, well, I've done it now. What else? So I signed
0: off. <laughs> Six years and that was that. So did you have a plan when you got out? Or oh it? yeah. Yeah, massive plans. Massive. Did you um, <laughs> did then, you did you fall into that I'm gonna be a plumber?
1: <laughs> nah. I was always gonna be a driver, I think. Like both my brothers driver, and my father was, was uh, seemed like the right way to go. And that was the plan, I'll get out yeah. and I'll drive trucks. Pretty much. I think I got out, I had a week off and well, I had like three days off I was like hmm, come find a job and on the Thursday I went out looking for a job and yeah landed it started Monday so it was a win-win I was earning well almost double what I was in the army it was insane
0: yeah that's that's the uh, so the transition was you know was easy enough was oh, it yeah, it was crazy it
1: was easy enough like it's just strange always like with the boys and everything and then all of a sudden you're on your own and it was literally as soon as you go out you just have to touch it and it? you're on your own very very all much tr- very much the battalion I was with then moved to Cyprus so everyone's over there so you were not like you could just pop round for a brew
0: yeah did you have did you have mates sort of going kind of get out at the same time or you could it was a few got out before a
1: couple got out just after you know what's like it's, yeah yeah but like now I think it's fourteen years. I me know. I think going on. Yeah, it'll be fifteen years next
0: year. So you've been out. I think. Yeah. But well, you still miss it. Oh yeah. But not the not the bullshit. Not the. It's one of those. Let's that's do 8 let's do eight miles in two hours with a fifty-five pound helmet on, and, and yeah. weapon and rifled. You know, they're they're not the great times. No, it's just the boys, isn't it? It's all you know
1: in the block and. Just doing the things, like, just, when the army's great, you, you know. It's great. It, it, it's immense. You, you can't live with it. It's awesome. But when it's shit, it is the worst, like. It's no sort of medium, and it's like, it's either awesome or shit. <laughs> it's just that, like. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty
0: that's pretty much it.
1: But then, yeah, you know, just the boys, isn't it? You have such a crack, and, well, we were in, well, I was in my Lampedune, and he was just solid. He was brilliant, like.
0: But you still keep in touch with them guys now.
1: Some of them, yeah, um, two, three, yeah, religiously one. Nineties, um, yeah, we've spoke for years.
0: And that, you know, that's that's like me and Colin. You know, we yeah. And then you got like Big Mac.
1: Most well, every other weekend maybe you have a chat. Normally a few of us now up on like. Um, Skype or something like that. Yeah. There's get a few, like five or six of us on there. But, um, yeah, you, you drift from a lot though. But, like on Facebook, they're all on there, like you know, so you all keep in touch that way. Every now and again, you just have a message pop up. And then, yeah, just take off from where you left off. It's insane. Yeah. That's cool though, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it's amazing. You don't get it as civvies, like eh? No. I don't know if civvies would get it either, if you know, if they understand it like.
0: It's it's, it's very much a brotherhood, isn't it? Us, oh, it's, yes. Yeah, it's, well, they
1: understand, do not they? they? That's the thing. They get it.
0: Just when you come
1: home, people ask you what's like this, that, the other. You can sort of like tell them, but it's like they don't get it
0: because they, they get it from it. films, don't they? That's what they get there. Yeah, a lot of view it. View of it.
1: It's it's hard to like understand something you know nothing about. It is you know you just yeah, don't. Because know because
0: they'll gonna... be they'll be things we've said in the last sort of 30 minutes words that will go we'll we know we know but we, yeah. you know I still say roger to everything I even send it in emails to my boss you know when he asked me to do something yeah but to the you know to the average person they they, they yeah. don't know they don't know the, the acronyms, they don't know the slang words yeah like
1: that. it's those things and it's just in general trying to explain something that like the other
0: person has no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Have you done? Have you, I, obviously we'll try and we'll move it. We'll move it on a bit. But the have you thought about sort of doing uh, like reserve or anything like that? Is that... Yeah, a few lands as and goes. It's when you get bored in work, it's always. Hmm.
1: Should I? Should I? <laughs>
0: Getting too old now, you know that, like, don't you? Yeah, I'm 38. <laughs> <laughs> I actually seen the uh four para and now with Raglan Barracks in Newport. And I was like, Oh, maybe. And no, no, 37. You have to be you have to be under 37. I don't think too old, it ever be a para jumping Look, out of a plane.
1: That's the only bit I got drama with. Well, they're jumping be... out of a plane. Yeah, oh, that's course. a bit I want to do. The rest of it, be fine. Technically, in training, we did their sort of like. You know, we went through on a Rhine platoon and, you know, just got battered by him. And at the end of it, he was like, you know, sort of like trained us enough to sort of like, you be all right, just transfer do it all again. And then happy oh, days. I was like, I'd like to, but no. I don't ever see me coming
0: out of a plane. Like, the Welsh Fusiliers had, you, had, you, had your number, yeah. Yeah,
1: funny enough, I was in the RRW to start with. Um, I joined in... My brother yeah he was rrw and as i was going through phase one i think he was going for his ncio and then i sort of like took a diversion um i thought there's no way i'm going in there for him to tell me what to do as well that ain't gonna happen he was just we'll just clash and um my grandfather was a fuselier so i sort of went that way and a few of the lads i was in training with were fusiliers as well we got like proper pali pali still are now and sort of drifted that way, like. Did you have fusilier training stuff? Um,
0: oh no, you had one. Parrot. Oh, you had one.
1: You had um, oh two actually. A uh, platoon sergeant was, and uh, we had a full screw. One. Like, Sometimes
0: they can sway people.
1: Yeah, he's right. Like uh, platoon sergeant Ever he was sound. Proper guy, like um, Anton. He's a full screw. Um But I had a uh, oh, what's his name? Paris uh, Corporal Cosgrove. Meanest mother. I've ever honest (laughs) to God, you know, you just like he just looks
0: intimidating.
1: Like (laughs) you just look at him the wrong way, he's gonna smash you to pieces. Like
0: that's that's what I found when I um when I arrived, like I was sixteen, I was a I was a kid. I was you know I was uh, you know I I left school and I had jobs, like worked in worked building dry stone walls and worked in a sports shop, but they weren't job jobs. Yeah, and the you turn up on your first day and these are blokes. Like these are not, these are proper men.
1: Oh, he's an animal. Yeah. And fit. Jesus Christ. But I remember we was in, you get your rooms and you sort of like tell you where you're going. And there are these pictures up everywhere of like powers and like jumps. and it was Like I remember the briefing and I don't know if he did it or who did it. But we come back in after a night down the naffy, which you only allowed that one. And somehow one of these pictures was broken, which is his most like treasured one. Is... I don't know if he'd done it as a test or what, but we all just shit. Yeah. <laughs> We're all dead, <laughs> you know. But uh, I don't know, we just went to him. I don't know, I think we caught him off guard by going to see him. Just like, we come back and this is it and let's have what's coming. Like, yeah. So that might have earned a little respect, I don't know, but he wasn't that bad. We got smashed, but no.
0: As bad as it could have been if he'd walked out and found it. Wasn't it wasn't
1: any worse than we would normally have. Like, So I was like, oh, this is yeah, this yeah, like, sort of. Did too, you like... lose
0: many through training? Yeah, quite a few. Real few. At like, like the end of it, I didn't even know what the numbers were to start. It was quite a big... 66, and we ended up with... with 66 in Litchfield. Uh, out of that, 66, 22 passed out. But when we got to Catrick, we amalgamated with a... Yeah. A, a Kings... Um, a Kingo, sort of... Because uh, we were... Prince of Wales division and the King's Division, we amalgamated the two platoons to make a full platoon. Right. Well I I couldn't tell you. So from sixty six to twenty two is that's crazy number. I found the ones that, you know, thought they were big and hard and strong and covered in tattoos and they didn't they didn't like, you know. They were the ones crying in their beds at night. Yeah. And the Shut up and do as you're told, sixteen year old. We just I just literally just did what I was told. And that was it. Easy life. Yeah. I had that and the the guy who, who was in the creator's office and that's what he, he told, me, told me to do. He told me to shut your mouth and just do as you're told. Learn your time. drills, do as you're told.
1: That's the hardest part to do it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that, I found that. And, and some people found out the hard way. That that was the... It's
1: usually the way we like to
0: learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what there's nothing
1: like the blanket thing? punishment. Oh, yeah. It's just insane, isn't it? I don't yeah. think you're ever good enough in training. I think that's the... It doesn't matter. that does You sort of like push perfect, perfection, but you'll never get there. Like You're getting smashed, whatever the outcomes so. are.
0: Yeah. And there you have it. You want to know who Stuart Davis was? There, there it is. You know, he got smashed. A <laughs> bit. Yeah. Um, so we'll just do a bit of veteran news. We've obviously done a bit about the um, the army reducing numbers, but apparently there's going to be extra funding. And this has come from the government.org website. So I'm thinking it could be real. But six million is going to be given to uh, veteran charities. Now, if you spread that between 100, that's sort of 60 grand each, which would be, if that's the way they do it, if they pick 100 charities and give them 60 grand each, or do they pick 200 and give them 30, or do they pick six and give them a million each, you know? But obviously, they're they're giving out this money, but then potentially they're dropping the number of people in the army by 22,000, which creates 22,000 veterans, potentially, so... Is that what, you know... Have they done that on the know, same six week? $6 million,
1: would cover it,
0: but... You know, no, I definitely, definitely wouldn't cover like it, be... but it's... I don't want to... You don't want to lock a gift horse in the mouth. If they're giving out $6 million to veterans, boom. You yeah. know, I think it should be, you know, $6 billion, but it, you but know, if they're going to give it out, let them, let them give it out. There's obviously loads of charities out there. So if you... You know, if you if you like the podcast and and you know you want to support the veteran community, you, the, the, there's loads of there's loads of charities out there that you can support. Yeah. So most of them are on Facebook, or if you just Google it, or if you you know if you're really stuck, you don't know one, then the Royal British Legion is always is always a, a good one. I know a good one to give to. You. There's obviously the the, the Merit Regiment Memorial, that's got. Um, just give page. It's also got a Facebook page and I'll link that on, um, the bio for this podcast, but also on my Facebook page and you can find the broken Veteran podcast, Facebook page. You can find the Instagram, the broken veteran, and also on YouTube. So there's plenty of ways you can get that, that information. Also check out conflict and courage. Uh, incorporated um, they've got some cracking stuff the guys at tactical coffee as well you know great guys No, you didn't get there yet I'm, g- I'm going to yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm going to pay there uh, but we'll yeah I'll make your brew alright <laughs> Jesus Christ no I hope so you um, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast it's a long one actually this is going to be well over an hour definitely over an hour so if you've if you've got to this point, well done. Well done you. <laughs> well done you. Next week, we're not sure what we'll do yet, but we'll come up with some some sort of ingenious plan. Pish. What? Well, yeah, we're just gonna go on the piss next week, and we'll just tell war stories. It's it's my birthday this week, mm. thirty nine. So Pish. check out the Facebook page for the Carnage. You know, check out the uh, Instagram for some some crappy crappy pictures. Or I wonder what I'm getting. Oh, I'm so excited! Uh, and I'll see you all. Well, I'll hear you all, or you'll hear me next week. Thanks for listening, guys. Goodbye.